Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter. There have been some exclusives in the newsletter that either have not been made public anywhere else or were at least first seen in the newsletter, so be sure that you're signed up for that. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Texas, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who has just released a new single with a video for it on the way. She has made appearances on the American Music Awards and on NBC's The Voice, along with being a brand ambassador for a handful of different brands, a couple of which she will talk about today. As for live performances, she has played on the main stage at the Texas State Fair, where she opened for Jason Aldean. At one point, she was even the first unsigned artist to be featured in the Roland Studio Sessions, presented by the Roland Piano Company, performing with her full band. She has more new music planned for this year as well. You've been hearing a song of hers called I Hate You. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Savannah Ray. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you today? Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. You have got a lot going on, but before we roll up our sleeves and get into all that, tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called I Hate You, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics. (laughs) So I Hate You was a song that I wrote in California with uh, my producer, Andrew Lane, and he is awesome. He's won American Music Awards, Billboard Awards. He's amazing and we wanted to create a song that was kind of reminiscent of carrie underwood's you know before he cheats Mm. as in we wrote this song about presumably an ex that was unfaithful and you know we're kind of going around slashing his bed sheets wearing his new girl's clothes that whole thing and so we wanted to have a fun way of telling the story in like an upbeat and kind of sarcastic tone and if you listen to the lyrics and everything, you can really figure that out. It's, it's pretty funny. They, they have some really fun lyrics in there. So you mentioned that you wrote it in California. Under what circumstances yes. were you there? So I lived in California for a little bit of time. I lived in Huntington Beach, actually. And I was just there for music, you know, trying the scene out. Because everyone always wants to go to L.A. for music. And mm-hmm. so I said, why not? Let's, let's do it. Let's try it out. And so went over there for about a year, a year and a half, and had an absolute blast. It was a great time. Awesome. Awesome. Folks, if you've been listening to this show the last few weeks, let me update the countdown for you. This episode with Savannah Ray is coming out five weeks prior to what will be my first full day in Las Vegas. Thanks to Access Vegas, the e-newsletter that I tell you about every week, Yesterday, I was reading something called $10 and Under Eats on the Las Vegas Strip and beyond. It's money-saving tips like that that I enjoy benefiting from by reading the Access Vegas newsletter. It's such a busy city with so much to do and time flies by, so you want to know how your dollar can go further and how you can maximize your time there. 
Because there's a really cool place here in Tampa that I like to go to, I was also interested to learn through Access Vegas that out there, there's a place you can go for drinks that takes you back to the time of speakeasies. And it happens to be secretly located inside a major hotel slash casino on the Strip. I wish I could go on with all that you'll find in the Access Vegas newsletter, but I've got to move on with Savannah Ray. So go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and during sign-up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Remember that you'll then also get access to their private Facebook group, as well as their 12 special reports. And because you can write to the editor and get a personal response back from him, There was something in Las Vegas that my wife and I were wondering about the other day where I said, I guess I'll just have to send an email to find out. Even if you don't have an upcoming trip to Las Vegas booked, stay in the know with so much that's always happening out there. Go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and put in the code BRUCE during sign-up to get $5 off. Savannah, I watched the video for I Hate You, the song that was playing at the beginning of this episode. I've got to say, if someone was not listening closely to the lyrics, that's a real good visual representation of what's going on in that song as we see you and the boyfriend, who obviously becomes your ex, acting out the message of that song. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not a happy message, still a lot of fun to make that video, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It's like, it's not entirely... A happy positive message uh, but at the same time it's it's so funny and sarcastic um, that it has that kind of tongue in cheek tone that it it is a little upbeat you know it is a little okay this is fun um, and so that video was super fun to make we filmed it in San Antonio actually at one of my old houses and uh, ah. surrounding parks and those areas over there and it was it was such a blast to film uh, we had a we had a really great time doing it. It only took a day. Wow, wow! So let me talk to the songwriter Savannah Ray, and not the singer or the guitar player. Sure. When you're doing a song like "I Hate You," and people mm-hmm. think, "Oh, that's a song with a negative connotation," it's probably, and this is people judging it simply by the title. Mm-hmm. They're thinking there's going to be a lot of minor chords. Maybe it's going to be a ballad. It's going to be you know, kind of like get out the Kleenex and boo-hoo right. and, and woe is me. Sure. But so as a songwriter, talk about approaching a topic like that and doing what you did to it and say, you know what, it could be a unhappy theme, mm. but we could still have fun with it and we could still make it upbeat. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted to do with that. We wanted to take this kind of not super great thing to talk about and kind of flip it on its head and give it, you know, this even almost like empowering to the the female ex whatever that it, it's just a fun song and i think even the chords that we chose because it's all in a major key you would think oh I, I hate you minor key no no we were like let's flip it completely on its head and let's just do the opposite of what you would think it would sound like and is that simply a case of, as we always say, that with songwriting, there are rules, but then again, there aren't rules. So I don't want to say let's break them, but it was a case of we can do this, it'll work, we can do whatever we want. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, uh, we just had a lot of fun with it. I think that's kind of one of the most important messages of songwriting is just have fun with it, you know. 
Does that kind of take the pressure off and make it a little easier to approach starting a song from scratch, knowing that, hey, even if it's a sad song, we can still do it upbeat and have fun, and that puts less pressure on me because it gives me a bigger palette to work from? Right, yeah, and that's the beauty of songwriting. It's like, it could go any way, either way, somewhere in the middle. You know, it could be super happy, it could be super sad, it could be just neutral. And I think that that's the beauty of songwriting, that you can literally do anything that you want. Nice, nice. Well, since I've been fortunate to get listeners to this show from 154 countries around the world, there are going to be people just being introduced to you for the first time. There's a really fascinating story that I'm anxious to hear having to do with what made you decide that music is what you want to do with your life, and yet this wasn't even something to do with country music. Let's let the audience in on what I'm referring to. Tell us that story. Right. So when... Ever since I was a kid, my parents have been very influential in my music, and they have given me such a vast array of music to listen to and have really led me to appreciate it and become a music lover since I was, you know, three, however old I was. And so we started going to concerts when I was around 10 years old, and specifically when we went to a uh, Evanescence concert in San Antonio, I, you know, was watching the show and everything, and Amy Lee is the she's the she's the lead singer and she's absolutely incredible and so i remember turning to my mom and i'm like hey i want to i want to do that i want to do what she's doing i want to literally be her and then i was like okay and that's pretty much when i decided that that was what i wanted to do right then and there what was it about that concert in particular though that it was because like i said here you are someone that's doing country music now so what was it about her performance what was it about seeing evanescence that made you decide this is what i want to do also Mm-hmm. See, music is very genre fluid to me. I don't really even see, I mean, I see genres, you know, I can see rock, pop, you know, country, all of that. And they all have their specific little things that they do. But to me, music is music. And I'm just such a vast appreciator of everything. And so rock music has always been super influential in my life. And Amy Lee has one of the best voices in, well, just all genres of music. And I've always looked up to her as a singer and as a musician. I think she's incredible. And so just that concert, I was like, wow, this girl rocks and her band rocks. And this is awesome. Like, this is something that I would want to do. I probably should be asking this question to your mom and not to you, but was was your mother's reaction just like pat you on the head and like, yes, honey, that's nice. I know you love singing. Like, isn't this fun? Or was it, hey, well, I know you can actually kind of carry a tune. Like, maybe I need to have my eyes open to the fact that Savannah's really serious about this. Oh, no, they were supportive 100% from the beginning, hands down. Yeah, I said that I wanted to do it and they said, OK, well, then let's do it. Hmm. Yeah, shortly after that, you were enrolled in voice and guitar lessons at Grammy Award-winning Michael Morales' Rockstar Academy. I'm going to be honest and say that I'm just regurgitating something that I read. What exactly is that? Elaborate on that. So Rockstar Academy was a almost, I don't want to call it like a a camp, but kind of in a sense uh, of just me and I'd say a group of 10 or 12 other students that were learning guitar, that were learning you know, voice that we're learning, even drums, and we would all just get together and play a bunch of tunes, and they would help us out, you know, Michael and his team over there, they'd help us out and guide us in the right path, and, you know, we do little music videos, we'd have concerts every now and then, it was a really, really great in those formative years. 
Okay, so I said voice and guitar, but mm-hmm. one thing I don't know is where, when, how did you get started into songwriting, though? Mm-hmm. Songwriting, I think, just came naturally along with the voice and the guitar. Wow. Just from me, because, you know, I'm hearing all of this stuff on the radio, all of these songs being written, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, let me tell my story. That's also a really great creative outlet for me. And let me just see what I can, you know, jot down. Let's see what I can create myself. Amazing. And so that kind of came naturally. Amazing. So you were just a self-starter. This wasn't a case of, oh, sorry, yeah, I guess I should have mentioned they taught that at the academy also. Or, oh, I have an uncle that's a songwriter. Yeah. That This was just you picking it up on your own. Right, exactly, yeah. Wow, wow. Well, fast forward then to 2016, and there you are on the main stage opening for Jason Aldean at the Texas State Fair. Right. What were your takeaways from that? Because I imagine it had to be a very eye-opening learning experience for you, as fun as I'm sure it was. Oh, yeah. That was one of the coolest experiences. It's probably the biggest in literally just square foot uh, stage that I've ever played. It was huge, absolutely huge. And I'm a small girl. I'm 5'2", so I looked like a little ant up there. <laughs> but it was insane. It was such a, uh, a learning experience too. just even playing, you know, outdoor festivals of that size, everything is super different. And so you just have to, you know, get used to it. And I, it was, it was a blast, such a blast. So for your benefit, Savannah, there are listeners of this show who listen every week to learn from me and my guests. They are aspiring performers themselves. Mm-hmm. So talk to those people about an event like that mm-hmm. in terms of a, what were your nerves like sure. and B what are those learning experiences that someone should be looking for when they get that opportunity? Because I think the tendency is you get all excited and all you want to tell everybody is, yay, I'm going to be on the main stage at Texas State Fair. I'm opening for Jason Aldean. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, this is also a good opportunity to learn a lot of things. So just kind of share with those folks what some of those things are that you can gain for your career from doing something like that, as well as, like I said, how you deal with, because I imagine that you had to be pretty nervous on a huge stage like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really young at the time. I was around 16. And so to play, you know, a stage of that size when you're 16 years old is mm, pretty scary. Pretty scary for a 16-year-old. And so there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of practice hours. A lot of practice hours Mm. just to, you know, iron everything out and really make sure that we're all kind of tight and in cue and everything. And so... You know, everything is different on a stage like that, especially when you're outdoors. Um, even from your monitors to the sound and everything, you know, I was using in-ears, and they're really hard to hear sometimes on stages of that magnitude and stages of that size because mm. you are outside and everything's a little echoey and things aren't turned up correctly and all that. And so that's why sound check is the most important thing on an outside <laughs> stage festival, you know, of that caliber. And I was super nervous. Um, Like I said, 16-year-old just kind of going in there. I was so nervous. But they did give us our own trailer, which was very nice. Uh. And so I kind of got to relax with some nice, you know, tea. Got to chill out a little bit. But other than that, I was super nervous. But it was was a blast. So, listeners, if you've not heard enough 
interviews that I've done with people that have been in positions like what Savannah's describing, I want to make it clear that you have not so far heard Savannah say, and I got to meet Jason Aldean and we talked for a while, these things, it's another element that varies. Sometimes you'll meet the headliner, sometimes you won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Savannah, it sounds like in your case, I'm guessing that you didn't since you haven't mentioned it yet. Yeah, no, um, I don't actually think that he, he might have been there, but he was somewhere way far away, like not even anywhere near the stage or anything. So yeah, I did not get to meet him at that at that show. Yeah, but listeners, I still want you to hear all that Savannah is presenting to you in terms of everything that she was able to learn and observe without even meeting the headliner. So certainly a, a great, great opportunity. Back in the intro, I mentioned, Savannah, that you became the first unsigned artist to be featured in the Roland Studio Sessions. Now, I read that you performed the entirety of your EP, so clarify for me then about the music that you've released, because I had understood that your new single, which we'll have you talk about and then I'll play at the end of this episode, I thought that was only the fourth song you've put out, yet there was an EP that you had already released by the time you did the Roland Studio Sessions back in 2017. Help me out here. I acknowledge that, that it is very confusing. So um, I've been doing music for about a decade, and I've done everything from pop to R&B to rock to alternative. You know, you name it, I've pretty much done it, um, <laughs> just because I'm an avid music lover myself. And so at that point in time when I was doing the Roland Sessions, I was more of a rock alternative artist. Mm. And so I had put out a rock alternative EP, and that was uh, some of the music that I performed at the Roland Sessions. And so, long story short, it took me quite some time to figure out my heart truly live in music and, you know, with country music now, but it took me a while. And that's just, you know, finding myself in, like I said, I've been doing this since I was 12. So, you know, you find what you want to do in all those formative years in your life, and it changes sometimes. And that's perfectly fine. But, you know, I grew up with music, I grew up in this industry. So it's, uh, it's a, been a while but glad we finally you know nailed it down all right so since there's a nice piece of trivia that you just shared with us there i have to ask is that ep still available out there can people still get it somewhere i think they can nice nice okay Okay. i I think so unfortunately (laughs) was that released under the same artist name under savannah ray or were you going by something else back then at the time i was actually going by savvy g which is a bit of a different change from savannah ray so savvy g was the name okay okay well there we have it (laughs) i'm joined today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from texas by singer songwriter guitar player savannah ray visit her official website at the savannahray.com i will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net she's got some neat merchandise on there and of course you'll want to keep an eye on that for live performances that she gets booked for But also on her website, there are links to follow Savannah on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, you will see a link to her YouTube channel, which is closing in on 1,000 subscribers. And of course, you want to look for the logos on thesavannahray.com to get her music from iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, or Google Play. At the very beginning of this episode, you heard me introduce myself and my company name, saying that Now Hear This provides management, publicity, and related services. Keep in mind that if you've got questions, you need help with your music career, or even with podcasting, 
I do offer private one-on-one -on -one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years. Guys and gals from Los Angeles to Las Vegas to here in Tampa Bay and other cities in between. In fact, there are articles on the homepage of the website about the two newest clients. And of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz, it's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz, to not only read about those two newest clients, but for the article titled, Video Consultations Now Available, and then use the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. Savannah, back in the intro, I mentioned that you've made appearances on the American Music Awards as well as on The Voice, but I also read something about you singing backup vocals for Demi Lovato. Walk us through all of that. Sure, yeah. Uh, the backup vocals with Demi was actually on The Voice and the American Music Awards. Ah. So how did you get that opportunity? Yeah, so... Um, I actually got that opportunity from that same producer, the one that I wrote I Hate You With, uh, Andrew Lane. He was contacted about Demi needing backup vocals for certain performances, and he recommended my name. And so, long story short, they, uh, they invited me down, and we had a couple rehearsals, practices, all of that fun stuff. And we did the American Music Awards first, and then we did The Voice. Okay, so clarify for me. Is it just on someone's recommendation and boom, you have the job? Or is it you're auditioning to get the role as a backup singer for her? It was both. Um, I got the recommendation that got me the foot in the door. And then I sent over samples of me singing and what I sounded like. And they gave me the yes or the no. And I got the yes. Wow. Wow. Outstanding. So I loved when you were talking about the Texas State Fair that you talked about the importance of rehearsal and sound check and how much time you spent just for the band getting tight. Right. So now talking about these performances with Demi Lovato, I imagine that that's different from Jason Aldean. Obviously, you met her because y'all were performing live together. Mm -hmm. I imagine there were rehearsals in those instances as well. Right. Yes. Yeah, there were a good number of rehearsals before the performance. Uh, what made it easier about that, I would say, is that I was with a couple other people and we were, you know, doing the whole choral thing. We all had a, our own parts. And so I think the pressure was off on me to, you know, I'm not Demi. I'm not going to be the one who's singing in front of 5 million people. But, you know, we still want to get it right and sing our right parts and everything to make her sound the best that she can. Okay, so explain about the dynamic there where it is you and some other girls and you're doing backing vocals because I think what's going to happen is some people are going to hear you telling this story and they're going to say, did she meet Demi Lovato? Did she talk to her one-on-one? -on -one? Did she tell her that she does her own music? Did, did she seize on that opportunity? And so I want you to kind of describe mm -hmm. what that whole environment is like to work in. Right. Um, yeah, it was really great dummy i met her yes she's very kind very sweet she was always very professional always thanked us for being there and uh it was it was a blast she's she's really nice to work with and like i said we had a lot of rehearsals <laughs> and so but we wanted to you know make sure that it was perfect before we go up there and sing in front of millions of people but yeah it was it was great she was always very kind and always super super thankful that we were there which i mean 
Of course we would be. It was it was awesome. <laughs> and I love that you said we wanted to make sure that it was perfect before we went out and performed for all kinds of people because listeners, what I'm trying to make sure that you're understanding from Savannah is that she was focused on the fact that she was hired to do a job there. She was a backing singer for Demi. She wasn't there to hand her CD to Demi Lovato and say, thanks for the opportunity. I'd love it if you listen to my music. She's recognizing that my first priority here is doing a good job on backing vocals. My first priority is not promoting myself to Demi Lovato. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a job, and I took it very seriously and it's very professional, you know, when you're working with someone of that caliber. And, you know, I was hired for a job, and that's the job that I'm going to do. And if... You know, we get to talking and something, oh, I also sing and do this and do this, you know, then great. Um, But I also think at the end of the day, she could probably, you know, infer that all of us are actual singers on our own, you know, merit. So exactly, exactly. I'm nodding my head so crazy over here that I probably (laughs) look like a bobblehead with the way I'm nodding my head in agreement with everything that you're saying. On a little bit more serious note, you've done some work with anti-bullying campaigns and groups. Share with us about the Teen Nation Tour and those efforts. Sure. So the Teen Nation Tour was a school tour that went around to a ton, a ton of schools in the U.S. And we would get, I don't know, maybe three or four different artists, singers, and we would all somehow have some story to share about bullying and so we'd you know sing a couple songs and then talk to the kids about bullying and try to tell them hey you know this is not okay all of this bullying that's going on we we really want to bring light to this and hopefully we can make an impact upon y'all and you know sing a couple more songs make it really fun and upbeat but also have such a a really important topic that we wanted to bring to the school system and so we did that for, I don't know, maybe four or five years. It was a really great time. Now, I don't want to make you go into the whole story, but I just want to clarify. It sounds like you had a time when you had to speak from what sounds like your own experience. Am I interpreting that correctly, that you must have gone through some kind of bullying at some point in your life that you were able to speak to it firsthand? Yes. So I was bullied heavily, heavily Mm. from eighth grade to about... I guess the end of high school and it it was very bad very very bad had to get the school involved had to get cops involved had to <sighs> wow. move cities because mm. of it we oh moved entire gosh. cities it was uh it was a disaster to say the least um so I have a lot of experience dealing with that and I think that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do uh those school tours so bad and why I loved doing them um I think that they're they're honestly one of the best things that I've done in my career Mm. and I think that that was a real big driving force for me is that I had been through so much that I wanted to bring my story to other people you know whether that to be the kids that are being bullied and to tell them hey there's hope you know there's light on the other side of the tunnel or bring the message to the kids that are the bullies and be like hey this is not okay you know we need to we need to work on this and so I, um, at the end of the day, it's all pretty much about just like saving lives out there. And it's like, if we saved, if we even saved one life out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that we talked to, then I think that that's worth it. Well, and I love that you are showing what 
a helpful vehicle music can be. I love that you're showing right, right. how you can use a platform like being a performer to educate people on topics in mm -hmm. society such as bullying. So hats off to you for recognizing that and leveraging those. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, I'd be remiss if I didn't send you back to a couple prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. I will put links to all of these on the show page for Savannah's episode on NHTE.net. But back on episode 147, my guest was Brielle Von Hugel, who was one of the top 12 girls semifinalists on season 11 of American Idol. She talked extensively on that episode, unfortunately, as Savannah's doing, about bullying and about what she went through herself uh, so do go back and listen to that episode as well. And the Teen Nation Tour is something that we've heard about on NHTE before as well. I'll put a link to a couple past guests that were part of that. Katie Bell, who was on episode 175, she was on the Teen Nation Tour. And so was Caroline, who was the guest on episode 96. Savannah, clarify for me about, I mentioned before that when you did the roll-in sessions that you performed with your full band, but if someone was to go and see you perform at some point, let's assume that the pandemic is finishing and that you're going to be back on stages soon. Are these solo Savannah Ray shows? Is it full band? Is it, it depends on what it is. And if it is a band, what does the band look like behind you? Right. Um, yeah, it really depends on what it is and depends on the gig. Of course. Um, I do a lot of solo stuff by myself and just me and my guitar, which is awesome and fun. And then I do a lot of full band shows, which are personally my favorite. <laughs> I love uh, my full band shows. And so that, that would be me a uh, guitar maybe add another guitar steel guitar depends on of course you know the venue and it depends on what we're playing all of that stuff drummer bassist you know five or six piece band sometimes i'll throw a fiddle in there if uh, the set list calls for it it uh, it varies but i like to i like to have a, a really good solid band that's the that's my favorite thing that's my bread and butter is live shows but specifically full band i love that if i could do that every single day of my life i would <laughs> so clarify would this always be the same players behind you or is it no it just hired guns on an as-needed basis we try to have all the same players obviously you know there's five or six people that you're kind of trying to get all of our schedules lined up every so often they'll have oh i can't do this oh i can't do this or you know so we'll just have you know random people come and fill in every now and then but we try to have all the same players i honestly don't know and i'm sure i have and shame on me because i always pride myself on the bizarre trivial mental rolodex <laughs> that i have of all the interviews that i've done but i don't know that i remember off the top of my head asking someone this question before you're really making a point of how much you love the full band shows mm -hmm. and i think somebody could make a case for no i really love performing solo it's more intimate it's just me and my guitar mm -hmm. so just talk about why you get so much enjoyment and you prefer so much more to do full band shows sure i honestly think that a lot of the reason why I perform, not necessarily now, but I think that why I liked performing with my full band before is that I had, I used to deal with a lot of stage fright, um, and I was just a little uncomfortable just because of it, and so having other people on the stage with me was always nice, and you know, I would, I'm, I'm close to my band, and they're my friends, my actual friends, and so I would feel more comfortable being up there, you know with other people instead of you know a little intimate setting by myself with my guitar and stuff where all eyes are on just me which back in the day when I had stage fright 
that that would definitely be something on my mind. However, now that I'm, you know, older and have all of this stuff underneath my belt, I just love live shows with my full band because I am I grew up on country music and I grew up on rock music as two extremely influential genres of music. I love everything, but those two are probably my favorite. And so to me, I just I love having a good time at a show. I feed off the crowd's energy. Uh, I love playing upbeat stuff like that that are just rocking and all over the place. And I feel like live show with a band is, you know, that's that's how that sound is created with that full, big, large sound. And it's, there's just so much more energy than if it were just me and a guitar, per se, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. So I picked up on something that you said in there, which was, back in the day when I had stage fright, which would imply that you don't Mm -hmm. anymore. So this is a potential teaching moment as well. Mm -hmm. Is it just a case of the more shows that I did over the years, Bruce, the easier it became and the stage fright kind of went away on its own? Or was there something specific that you did to get rid of stage fright? It, I wouldn't say it's completely gone away. I think all artists and all, you know, performers, singers, that we still have some form of nerves before a show, but I think that that's a good thing. It just, you know, it gets us amped up, and it's it's good nerves. But I think back then, when you talk about stage fright, it's nerves to where, you know, your throat closes up a little bit, you get a little winded more easily than normal, you know, you uh, get a little bit more tense and stiff on stage, all that stuff that uh, stage fright is associated with. And I think that... It wasn't necessarily one thing that kind of clicked for me. Okay. But it is just over the course of the years, when you play and play and play and play and play, you kind of just get used to it. Okay. And the more shows that you play and the more you kind of force yourself up there, not that you, you know, not that you don't want to be there, but it's just like you got to kind of, okay, let's do this. You know, got to get on the saddle kind of thing. And so I think that. Just the more you do, the easier it becomes. It's almost like fake it till you make it sort of thing. <laughs> right. But in other words, the point I wanted to make is there's not somebody that you went to whose job was mm-hmm. specifically to help you get rid of stage fright. No, I kind of just had to muscle it out on my own. Okay. Okay. Well, you talked about the Teen Nation tour that you did. I do want to also give you a chance to talk about being a brand ambassador for a handful of different brands, although in particular, two of them that I want to cite, one is from Chuck Norris and the other is from Miranda Lambert. Share with the audience all about what you're doing with them. So I am so lucky in the fact that I get to work with amazing companies. Like I work with Boot Barn, I work with Country Outfitter, I work with um, Seaforce Water by Chuck Norris, which is awesome. And I also work with one of my musical idols is Miranda Lambert. And so I so lucky and so fortunate enough to be able to work with Idlewind, which is her clothing company. And so I'm very, very blessed to have some awesome water and have some awesome clothes to wear up on stage. Yeah, I like that you signaled out Boot Barn also because listeners, when you get on Savannah's Instagram, you're going to see photo after photo after photo. And girl, you live in boots, do you not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. That is uh, my everyday fit, Wranglers and Boots. But how cool is this, by the way? You posted on Instagram at the beginning of March that Miranda Lambert started following you on TikTok? Yeah, yeah, that uh, that one kind of blew my mind. <laughs> but was that just a nice coincidence, or does it have something to do with the fact that you are a brand ambassador for her clothing line? 
you know, I'm not sure. I think it may be both. I think that I post about them <laughs> enough for them to be like, oh, okay. You know, for at least her to see it and be, oh, okay, this, this girl does stuff with my company. This girl, you know, does uh, shadows out all the time. And so I also think that they do really vet their ambassadors and mm. the people who they bring into the program. And so I think it's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> but I love that you just said that because I think that there's a tendency for an artist to get caught up in strictly numbers and say, well, I have a great following. Why wouldn't they want to work with me? They should pick me to be a brand ambassador. Look at how many followers I have. Right. And you just said there's a lot that goes into the vetting process. Yes, they do want to look and see what kind of following you have, but they also want to know, well, what kind of person is this that we're going to be dealing with? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it boils down to you could have a million followers, which would be great, you know, for a post here or there send her some boots you know she'll post about it but i think the long-term relationships is what's the most important and is what's going to be the most beneficial to both parties uh you know if you build that trust and be like this girl has been you know supporting our brand even before we started you know sending her stuff and you can tell that she really loves the brand and she you know does her own thing too and so I think that it's a very mutually beneficial relationship that I'm very, very blessed to be able to be a part of. Nice, nice. Let's talk about new music of yours. In a minute or so, we'll hear about your new single, but two questions first. For starters, I believe you've got at least one other song that's going to come out this year? Uh, yes, yes, I do. At least one. At least one. Okay. Do we know, are you able to say at this point in time when that other song will come out? Or is that kind of follow me online and you'll find out eventually? <laughs> exactly. No, it's um, it will be out in the next couple of months, uh, which I'm very excited about. Um, it's called Typical Texas Girl. And it's my baby. I, <laughs> I absolutely love that song. And I'm very excited to for everyone to hear it so definitely within the next couple months and we we've been working hard so we're gonna see how much uh, more we can release before the end of the year okay but that song that you just talked about it sounds to me like it's already written is it recorded even yes it is it is it's done it's ready <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, then the other question about your new music is you've been recording there in Texas as well as in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, plus in Nashville, too. Yes. How are you getting those opportunities to record in those other places? And why not just stick to Texas? Right. Um, I love Texas. I Texas is where I'm from, but I always want to branch out into different states because there is so much talent, uh, t absolutely talented people in places like you know muscle shoals and places like nashville and outside of there um and so i always want to branch out and see what else i can work with because i love working with just a ton of different people and trying to bounce ideas off of each other because you never know what's going to work really you never know and so i like to vary it up and you know see what we can come up with so how are you getting connected to people in Muscle Shoals and Nashville that you're getting opportunities to go and record in those two particular places? So uh, I think that that's strictly based off of just being in the industry for as long as I've been. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I say as long as I've been, there's very many people that have been in it longer than I have. It's just my age. You know, I'm, I'm 22. So 
at it since I was 12. So it's, it's been, you know, half my life. Um, and so you just create connections here and there as you perform and travel companies like PCG at Universal up in Nashville. Uh, like I said, my producer, Andrew Lane, who is in California, he knows one. Uh, <laughs> anyone who wanted everyone you could ever think of. And just people like that that I've come across. And uh, people of Muscle Shoals have been so nice, so welcoming to me. And I've had such a blast performing there and writing there and recording there that really established some great connections with people down there. And so they keep inviting me back. And I, of course, you know, of course, I'd love to come back. So it's just a natural relationships that you create in the industry throughout, you know, the course of 10 years is essentially what it is. Yeah. And for those of you that listen regularly and you know that I always talk about connections and that you can never have too many contacts and you wonder well what benefit is there Bruce to having all these contacts Savannah is testifying firsthand here to the fact that she's getting opportunities to go record in places like Muscle Shoals in Nashville because of the connections that she's making but Savannah I love that you started out by not in not so many words basically saying why am I recording in Muscle Shoals in Nashville and not just Texas the answer is why not why not go and record in those other places if someone has an opportunity and if there's new connections to be made then I love that you're seizing on those and not limiting yourself to, well, I'm from Texas, so I should probably just stay and record here. Right. Yeah, I mean, Texas is just, you know, why not record something in Nashville and then bring it back to Texas? Or why not record something in the Shoals and then, you know, work on a little bit more in Texas? I can always bring it back somewhere, you know, and I'm from Texas. I'm a Texas girl, and I'm in the Texas music market. And so it's going to be in Texas anyways, you know, no matter really where I recorded it. That's right. Well, we're going to close today with Savannah's brand new single, which just came out less than three weeks ago, called Soft Place to Land. Before I play that, though, Savannah, share with the audience all about this song, please. So Soft Place to Land was a song that I recorded in Nashville, and I recorded it with a gentleman named Britton Cameron. He's wrote for people like Dylan Carmichael and John Party. So he is very, very seasoned. He's awesome. We have written together over the course of, a couple months maybe six to 12 songs something crazy like that and so we work really really well together and i actually we call soft place to land a little happy accident like bob ross style happy accident and because i actually went in to record a different song and work on a different song and that took pretty much up most of my day but we still had you know about an hour left and so we were just kind of fiddling around on the guitar fiddling around with some you know words and melodies and stuff and about 45 minutes later we had a complete song written wow and i really liked it i had a really good feeling about it i was like huh this could actually really be something i was like i know we were here for something else but this is actually really cool and so i sent it to my team and they really really liked it and we kind of just hit the ground running from there i think we recorded the vocal on it like the next couple of weeks and that was that it was wow. really fast. <laughs> wow, yeah, and I, now I get it when you say is a happy accident. You can see how that came to be. And I do want to make sure that we mention, too, that there is a video being released for Soft Place to Land. Yes, yes, there is. We are uh, a little, still a little unsure about the date as of today, but tomorrow we will have a firm, firm, whatever it 
whatever that date may be. So, <laughs> And I want to encourage the listeners to go and look for it when it gets released because I had the privilege of being able to preview it. Great-looking video. And, Savannah, less pressure in that one because it was just all you and you didn't have to interact with anybody else, and it looked like you were probably in familiar surroundings where that was filmed. Right, yeah. It was a, it was a great, fun video. We shot it in Round Top. And I think that that video, it lends itself to the whole traveling aspect of the Soft Place to Land song while also still kind of paying homage to Texas and to, you know, my roots of where I came from. And you just kind of, you know, following me along going through the city of Round Top, Texas. And I, I think it's, it's a really fun video. So should we end with big news? Is, is this an announcement that people are aware of? Can we tell people why that you're currently on the road? Um, sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I am moving to Tennessee. I used to live in Nashville, but uh, for about a year, a couple years ago, but we are moving back. So very excited for that. There you have it. Well, Savannah, congratulations on the new song and the new video, and we'll all be excited for the next new song that will come out later in 2021. But I appreciate you making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for supporting the music and the video and all of that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Savannah Ray. Do visit her official website at thesavannahray.com. Again, I will put a link to her website on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on her website, check out the merchandise she has available and then look for the icons to engage with her on social media. So that means follow Savannah on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have done all three of those myself, and I'm sure that she would appreciate it if you would do it too. You heard us talk about videos. Make sure you subscribe to Savannah's YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. For Savannah's music, just look for the logos at the bottom of her website for iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Play. Keep up with Savannah online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live, as well as for announcements she puts out about new music that she will continue to release. A reminder, as I said earlier, that if you or someone you know has got questions, you or they need help with your or their music career, or even with podcasting, I do offer private one-on-one video consultations. My company, Now Hear This Incorporated, has been working with artists on their music careers for over 15 years. And of course, I've been doing this podcast every week for more than seven years now. Go to nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R, nowhearthis.biz. And look for the article titled Video Consultations Now Available to get the link in there to get a personal session scheduled with me. For now, that will do it for episode 379. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Savannah Ray. This is the one she just talked about called Soft Place to Land.
You're still my northern star. You're still my northern star. 